0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good evening to another segment of Cisco and Paulson Hour, broadcasting politics with Cisco Costa and my co-host Mark Paulson is not here yet, so we'll begin the show with the little monologue that I have every week. Well, that whole experiment in Seattle the chass or the chop, that seems to be on the decline after the rapes and the killings and the lawlessness that's occurring at the Capitol Hill autonomous zone. It totally has turned into a nightmare for Mayor Durkin and Governor Island. J. Island, so a little socialist uh, experiment that has failed, and they have tried now to move also to Portland, Portland, Oregon, another, another uh, cesspool of left hearts that basically are trying to make sure that they, they turn the United States of America into a communist or socialist country, but I'll tell you something. It's been very revealing, very revealing how in blue states, Democratic control states, is where a lot of this looting and riots, the rioters have been impacted. But the most interesting part about it, have you noticed there haven't been any reports in regards to individuals getting the coronavirus? I find that so amazing. It's like the virus went away when the protesters came, and the virus went on to another another state, and now states like Utah, states like Texas, uh, Florida—all that they happen to be red states now—they're infected with the virus. This is this has to be the most intelligent virus I've ever experienced in my lifetime. It knows when to go away from democratic control cities. Because A, there are basically there's no reports of people being infected after they were standing right next to each other. Totally next to each other. And you know it's definitely not not unusual for the fake media to say to everyone hey you know what we don't have any infections the hospitals were all were supposed to be overwhelmed that's what a lot of the healthcare experts indicated because they were basically saying that's not good you cannot go to church. No large gathering. But there was a large gathering of, of um, these organizations in Brooklyn, New York, in different parts of the country that, by the way, they happened to be controlled by the Democrats. So I find, I find that very amusing and amazing that, that that has happened. No cases at all. Totally no cases, which tells me that someone is playing around with the numbers. Okay, there's no way, there's no way that 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 can be re, uh, the truth. So um, I don't know. It's um, you know, it's it's really amazing that no one is calling them out on this when they should be calling them out. But that's what, that's what the media is all about. Uh, It's not, it's not someone saying, well, you know, we're going to say, well, the, the people were gathering together and they never got infected. So. Let me see um, how um, we're going to make sure that, that um, we have our guests coming on, um, on the show. So, um, hold on. So, the gangs are basically, again, creating problems in Chicago, and we have not heard anything about that. Uh, it's interesting that it, it, it's interesting that these issues are not being addressed. Um, so we will allow everyone to basically say to to the, the mayor of Chicago and the, and the governor of Chicago, uh, Prisker, hey, why are you not taking care of um, the violence that is happening in Chicago every weekend. We happen to not hear a peep about that. Totally, totally a, a peep. But as, as I indicated to you, there's going to be a lot of issues that will be um, addressed by the President of the United States. It's it's definitely um very interesting to see that 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 whole issue has not been addressed because if you really are interested in saving lives then you know what we should be able to do that and it's not happening it's not happening at all it's Every weekend, there's 30, 40, 50 people either injured or, 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 or have died because of, of, of gun violence. Now, mind you, Chicago and the state of Illinois has the toughest, Chicago has one of the toughest gun rules, gun rules in the nation. So um, really, really, it's unbelievable that that's happening. Um hold
0: hold
2: on. Doctor Bolsha, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, we just had a little technical difficulty right there, but uh, we're, we're back. Uh, definitely. Um, thank you again. I, I want to introduce Dr. Butler, Ph.D., public policy analyst, economic expert, and a professor of finance at Stockton University in New Jersey. He's a featured columnist at NewMAX. I love NewMAX, The Hill, and Western Journal and Townhall.com. Welcome, Dr.
2: Well, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure to be here.
1: Definitely. Uh, Mr. Fosson, are you on the air? Okay. So, uh, 732-539, we'll get to you in a a minute. So, um, this is an interesting time, Dr. Bussler, in regards to what's going on. We have a, a situation with the coronavirus that started, you know, coming out of China in uh in the beginning of the year and that has really created a a, a a huge issue uh around the world and especially in the united states as a political analyst and a public policy analyst how do you see the current situation that we're in uh certain states now are off lockdown new jersey new york and a lot of the states in the east coast were. Uh, On lockdown, now they're beginning to reopen. And then we have a lot of states that opened up earlier having an impact, uh, having a coronavirus impact again. How how do you see the constant uh, juggling of of, this virus must be really intelligent? I mean, it goes from the East Coast to the South to the Midwest, and and, and it it plays havoc in certain periods of, of, of the year.
2: Yeah, that's uh, it's exactly right. So um, just to recap a little bit, um, the virus uh, got here probably sometime in uh, January. Um, we had the first fatality uh, right at the end of January. President Trump uh, realized that the virus started in China, so he sure. banned anybody coming from China to fly into the country. Um, and at the time, uh, even Dr. Fauci and the other leaders were telling us this was probably not a threat to the U.S. Uh, then, of course, right. things got a little worse. The cases uh, out in Washington state started to multiply. Mm-hmm. And then as uh, people spread around the country, it looked like it was going to be a little more serious. Um, so um, on, uh, at the end of February, the um, health experts told President Trump uh, to issue a national emergency, health emergency, which he did on March 1st. Mm-hmm. And then on March 14th, they told the president, this is really expanding. You're going to have to shut down the entire country. Uh, so um, on March 15th till the end of April, they virtually shut down uh, anything that was they deemed as non-essential. Uh, once that happened, of course, Um, millions of people became unemployed. Uh, There's been a total of about 45 million people that have uh, lost their jobs. Some are coming back now, but they've lost their jobs. Um, It plunged the economy into a recession. And prior to this, in January and February, the economy looked extremely strong. In fact, it looked like this would be probably the best year in terms of economic growth we've had, probably in two decades. And then, according right. to the virus hit, we had to set everything down in the middle of March. It turned out that GDP was negative 5% in the first quarter. The second quarter number, uh, which will be out in July, will probably show about a 20% decline in uh, GDP. And indeed, the country uh, has entered into a very steep, although I believe short-lived, um, recession. So the uh, President Trump and Congress reacted to that by passing a massive st- set of stimulus packages, uh, mm-hmm. which are both good and bad. Um, on the good side, um, they will ensure that the recovery is very uh, quick. Um, And I think the recovery actually has uh, already started. So what exactly did the stimulus bill do? There were three things there that really will um, allow the recovery to to be very quick and very steep. Um, One thing they did was uh, they handed out free money to everybody, (laughs) virtually any adult, (laughs) almost every adult uh, who paid taxes last year or the year before. Uh, was given a check of $1,200, whether you've been negatively impacted economically by the virus or not, you still got $1,200. If you're a family of four, you got $3,400. So that is giving consumers extra money to spend. And starting in May, they were allowed to finally go out of their house and start spending it. Um, And the result of that was that retail sales in May had the biggest jump ever, 18% increase Retail sales in one month. So, the second thing in the package was that anybody that got that lost their job and became unemployed, they collected unemployment compensation from their state. The federal government added $600 a week to that. Um, Mm -hmm. And in fact, I saw one study that said 68% of the unemployed people are making more money being unemployed than when they were uh, working. Um, I and mean, that too is good and bad. On the good side, it gives them plenty of um, money to spend. So, again, as the economy picks up, consumers should go out and start uh, spending, and that will um, make the recovery very robust. The third thing they did was uh, provide loans to small business to keep their employees uh, for a two-month period, and they've expended that. Um, if they don't lay off any workers – the loan turns into a a grant so businesses are now ready to accept uh, and uh, be able to sell to consumers as they come back into the market and I think that means the um, recovery will be uh, very quick and uh, we should recover back to where we were before um, I think no later than the the end of the year so the second quarter uh, GDP number will be terrible Maybe negative 15 to 20 percent. The third quarter GDP number, you'll see a a huge gain, probably the largest single quarterly gain ever. Uh, And the fourth quarter should look very strong. And going into next year, um, we should have a very strong economy. Now, there are a couple of caveats to that. Uh, Mm -hmm. One is how severe this coronavirus is, and will it um, come back in a second wave? and there's some indications now that cases are starting to spike in places that have opened, so we're a little bit worried about that. The biggest variable here is how consumers will behave. The economy was so strong for the last three years, mostly because consumers were very confident, their incomes were up, their wages were up, inflation was low, and they were spending money, and that really led – the strong economy we had. The question is, how will consumers behave uh, once they're allowed to go out and start spending? Will they be a little reluctant or will they go back to spending? Most economists think they'll be somewhat reluctant and they're predicting a little slower recovery. I'm a little more optimistic. I think consumers are ready to go out and spend and if you take a look at what the May retail sales numbers with only businesses partially reopening, consumers went out and, and spent. So the virus has caused a lot of damage. Um, one other thing that will uh, speed up the recovery is how quickly we can come up with a, a vaccine. Uh, just right. yesterday, the day before, uh, Dr. Fauci said he expects a vaccine to be available by the end of, of this year. Um, it may be sooner than that. I'm told that there are um, at least two companies and maybe more that have vaccines uh, that they're in clinical trials now, but they feel so confident that they're going to work that they've actually started producing the vaccine. So if they get their FDA approval in September, Dr. Fauci says, well, if they get it in September, it'll take them a couple of months to um, gear up production and we won't have it available till the end of the year. I'm told some of these companies are so confident that the vaccine will be approved that they've already started to ramp up production and vaccines may be available before the the end of the year. If that's the case, uh, that'll give consumers more confidence, and that will lead to a more robust recovery.
1: Wow. Excellent. Excellent (laughs) analysis. Excellent summary, but I, ha- I have some questions in regards to uh, what you have mentioned. Sure. First of all, Sure. There was there was a a moment from the politicians on the op- opposition party saying the market is, the stock market now is went from 29,000 to 19, forget it's collapse, yep. economic collapse. Well, today we're up to almost 27 26,000. Uh, the yep. the the whole unemployment has started to come down. But let's be clear about this. A majority of the unemployment that occurred occurred in blue states, the majority of them. A lot of them were in New York, New Jersey, California uh, for a large, large por- portion of, of the uh, lockdown mm-hmm. because they were a lockdown Businesses had had to let yep. go where I have an issue in regards to this economic uh, uh, collapse that, that we were predicting, just like the economic, uh, the hospital crisis that they, they, you know, Governor Cuomo said, oh, we have to have four hundred thousand ventilators. I'm exaggerating about the number. Uh, we're going to yeah. have to have all, all these hospitals built, which they were they they were, they were, they were done, um, but hardly yep. any patients were were there. So when when I start hearing the media. Uh, pressing these issues, you know, like they're currently doing with the red states now, you know, uh, oh, it's a crisis. Uh, ICU. Well, you know, I have some friends all over the country, and and they're telling me, listen, uh, the ICU is basically there's a lot of people who have selective surgery. People are forgetting that selective surgeries were basically postponed, so a lot of individuals are going into ICU and and into different parts of the hospital, and they're counting that only one third. In the state of Texas, it's basically COVID, and that's not being reported. No. We're, we're, we're hearing all this major crisis that is happening. Yes, more people are getting uh, infected because more people we're, were doing more. Uh, in these states, they're doing more testing. But what right. I find inter- interesting, Dr. Bussler, is the fact that after all those protests, all those looting, all the rioting, the East Coast... The states that were on lockdown, basically, there's no reporting, there's no data coming out of that. Like, yeah. what's your take? What's your take on, what's your take on, on what, you, what I just said?
2: <laughs> okay, so yeah, you said a whole lot there. Let me let me start with uh, a couple <laughs> things. One, one, um, what will slow down the recovery, or what could slow down, is that the governors of the states you mentioned, and there are six states that account for more than 30% of GDP, that are very reluctant to reopen. New York, Mm -hmm. New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Michigan, and California. Those Mm -hmm. six states account for more than 30% of GDP. They're all blue states, and they're opening up very slowly. I live in New Jersey. We had a severe problem in the northern part of the state, Near New York, I live in Southern New Jersey, along the Jersey shore, just down Beach from Atlantic City. We haven't had much um, many cases here, and yet the governor will not allow these uh, summer businesses to reopen. They've already missed they, they usually they're open from April till September. Well, they already missed a big chunk of their season, uh, and they're still not allowed to completely reopen yet. So we're having problems here. Those six states are, are problems. They're all blue states. Um, and if they continue to drag their feet, it could be somewhat of a drag on the economy. Um, in the states that have reopened, like uh, Florida and Texas, there is a an increase in the number of cases. That's true. But the, the rate of uh, hospitalization, the, the rate of hospitalization has gone down, and the death rate has also gone uh, going down. That probably that- means a couple of things. Uh, one, the people that are getting the virus now are much younger. They're the 20s and the 30-year-olds who are going out and enjoying themselves. They're very healthy people generally, so when they get the virus, just like if you had the regular flu, you're going to survive sure. this uh, um, That's one thing. Second thing is we are testing a lot more people and we know that While there's only about 2.4 million cases of coronavirus reported nationwide, estimates today are there could be as many as 20 million people that actually have the disease, and many of them aren't showing any um, symptoms. So as we test those people, you're right, you're going to get more uh, cases. But again, the hospitalization rate and the mortality rate are, are going down. Uh, some of the right. governors of those red states are slowing things down a little bit, but their goal is to try to get the economy moving. The other thing you yeah. mentioned was the stock market. Uh, you want me to yeah. pause for a minute? Yeah, the,
1: yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead with the stock market. Yeah, Because
2: <laughs> I. I, I know, yeah, actually, the other thing I, was the, uh, the, the stock market. Now, there's a lot of theories as to what's happening and what moves the stock market, et cetera. I'm a finance professor. And when I look at how much somebody is willing to pay for a share of stock, it depends on how much income they expect that stock to earn. So what what happened back in uh, February and March, the market said, look, this virus could be very severe. Uh, We could end up uh, closing down the country. That means corporate profits are going to plummet. That means earnings will go down and the value of stocks will go down So everybody sold their stocks, and that's why we had the big crash that we had. Then things started to turn around, and the stock market, investors in the market are saying, you know, I think the economy is going to come back strong. I think corporations will be very profitable again. That'll drive up earnings per share, and that'll drive up stock prices. So now stocks look to be a very good investment. I expect the market, and I'm not an expert in predicting the market. Let me say that ahead of time. <laughs> but I predict that, that the market will be back to where it was at the 29,000 level on the Dow before the end of the, the year. And it may be as early as September when some of the strong data in the third quarter starts coming out. Uh, even even the, some of the month of June data, which will be out in early July, I think you're going to see a big plus in the number of jobs uh, created like we did in uh, May. And I also think you're going to see a big jump in retail sales as these uh, stores begin to op- open again. <clears throat> and uh, all that positive news will continue to drive uh, the stock market up.
1: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you on, on, on this whole market going up at the end of the year. Um, the the i think the, the 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 not just the domestic economy i think the global economy will pick up uh, i think the infusion of of, of the fed of federal reserve and all the central banks uh pumping money yep. into into the market is going to stimulate uh, even the economy even more uh but i just think yep. that a, a, a lot of the blue states uh, are, are 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 so set and we'll touch on the politics later on but uh, of yeah. not opening up the the economy and, and and the major bulk, you know, it's the East Coast, New York, L.A., you know, the big uh, cities,
2: it's New York, know, right, New Jersey, New, Illinois, Michigan, yeah. and California. That's yeah, amazing. and I
1: think I, I, yeah, I think I think as long as as they're basically restricting uh, for the economy to open up and, and move forward, uh, we're going to still see a lot of. Uh, economic upheal, um, um, economic uh, turmoil, excuse me, economic turmoil yeah. uh, within the, the, the major scope of, of, of the domestic economy and which will impact also the global economy. But I wanted to touch on um, one thing that, that you mentioned earlier on your excellent summary and analysis, uh, the, the vaccine. Well, we have a vaccine right now for the flu in your in your estimation, I mean again, we're both not healthcare experts, uh how it's how is the uh, you know, every year so many individuals die from the flu? Uh yeah. what impact it's 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 is the flu gonna do on on COVID when hydrochloric uh HDQ is there already that can be used?
2: Yeah, so um in addition to the vaccine, we want to develop more therapeutics. Therapeutics are uh, medicines that will help cure the disease or at least re- uh, reduce the amount of time that people have the disease. That uh, hydrochlorox, or how do you pronounce it, um, yeah. President Trump.
1: I call it HCQ. H-C-Q.
2: HQ. Yeah. Um, the, there are a number of studies, some saying it works and some say it doesn't, uh, the study I like is the one that was done at Yale uh, where the doctor said, look, this works. There's no bad, there's no negative side effects of it. Uh, so if it doesn't work for everybody, it doesn't. But it seems to be working for a large number of people. It will reduce the duration and the severity of the disease. So they recommended uh, using it. Now, another study from England came out and said if you use this, they they found it increased the death rate. Uh, If you look into that study, um, the the HCQ, or HQ you call it, was given to people who were already very sick. And once you give it to them, it's not going to have much of an impact, and these people were likely to to die anyway. It's not going to have much of an, an impact. The idea with this is to start using it early. As soon as you're diagnosed, start to use it, and it should be effective. They're also developing some other therapeutics like that, um, and those should be available perhaps uh, before the end of the year also. So with the vaccines coming out and the the therapeutics, and the sooner they can come out, the better, because that's really what consumers need to hear uh, to get their confidence back. You know, one day, and I hope it's very soon, Uh, One day, we're going to read in the newspaper and and it'll say, yesterday, there were no new cases of the coronavirus anywhere. So once that (laughs) happens, consumers are confident that we have a vaccine and some therapeutics. Consumer confidence will soar. People will go out and start spending. And I agree with President Trump that next year will be probably the best year economically we've seen in two decades.
1: Right, but there there seems to be a, a very pushback against getting the the, the uh, getting the vaccine because I think there was a report uh, a poll that was done that a great number of Americans will not take a vaccine. Uh, they will they're more apt to take the HDQ the hydrochloric uh, can uh, but not a vaccine. So. We're back. We're going to be back to score one uh, if the majority of, of Americans will not take
2: it. Yeah, and if that's the case, that's certainly going to be a, a problem. But I, I think even though they may say that, I think um, as this thing drags on and as soon as a vaccine comes out, I think people will want to say, you know, I haven't gotten it yet. I know it's still a, around here. It's a relatively simple thing because you can get vaccines at pharmacies now. You don't have to go to your doctor. So it's a relatively simple thing to do, and I think you're going to see more people getting the vaccine than than not. Health insurance companies will uh, uh, give the vaccine for free. You don't have to pay for it. And I think there are even government programs that will cover the cost for people that that don't have insurance. So if it's not going to cost you anything and you can get it done at your local drugstore, and it will stop you from getting the coronavirus. Even the people that may have been reluctant to take it in the past, I think, will change their mind and start to take the vaccine. And then we can finally get this thing under control.
1: Yeah, basically, I mean, it's not just in the U.S. I mean, I read reports from Italy, from different parts of Europe and other parts in Africa that are refusing to basically take the vaccine. They, they, they don't have Trust that there's there's a distrust with the vaccine, especially the constant push of the vaccine by individuals like Dr. Fauci and Bill Gates. You know, you hear, you know, Bill Gates uh, became a, a healthcare expert on, on 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 vaccines. You know, he just wants, you know, yeah. every, hey, everyone in the world needs to get vaccinated. You know, that's that's uh, and we'll be able to go back to our normal routine. And I uh, think a lot of He's getting a pushback from not just from people in the U.S., which, by the way, it was seventy uh, percent of the people may need to develop immunity to the to the to the uh, coronavirus, the SARS coronavirus too. Because coronavirus, I think a lot of people are. I was confused in the beginning. They're part of the whole coronavirus. They're part of the of the mers. They're part of the other. Right. Uh, the, the different types so there are a family of germs that yeah. that basically should should work with with a vaccine. But my my concern, I think a lot of people's concern, is the flu, everyone every year, everyone gets the flu every year, even if you have the vaccine.
2: So what do you say yeah. to so, the individuals? So you're you're right. getting a vaccine doesn't mean you're one hundred percent safe. However, right. it significantly lowers the probability of you getting the disease. In other words, if uh, I don't know, 1% of the population ends up getting the disease, um, you'll find out that uh, people that have taken the vaccine, instead of 1%, it might be a tenth of a percent. So you're, you're not going to be assured you won't get it, but the likelihood of get it, getting it will be much, much lower. And I think um, once people start to see that the, the vaccine is effective, I think they'll, they'll change their mind. Especially, it's not going to cost anything out of pocket, and you can get it done at, at your drugstore. Now, other parts of the world might be a little different situation, but for right now, we have to get this under control in the U.S., get this behind us, and, and right. uh, start moving right. forward, forward again. And well, I think we'll be able to do them once the vaccine comes out.
1: I think I think Europe is Europe is already uh, moving forward. I mean, I, I, I follow. I have family in in, in I have family in in, in Holland, and uh, I I speak to them. Uh, and and they have they they've moved on. You know, they're basically of course taking precautions, but the the business community is back working. The restaurants are are back open, so I I, I think that there there is there is I mean. Don't get me wrong, and anyone who out, who's out there listening, I think that on November, the day after the election, if the opposition party wins, you will not hear a- anything about. You will not hear anything about coronavirus. You will not hear anything about social distancing. You will not hear anything about anything. Yeah,
2: you know, um, um, you, I, I try to wonder how much of what these governors. In these uh, blue states, are motivated by politics or more by yeah. uh, public health. Certainly, the the media, as you know, the media is extremely biased when it comes to anything that President Trump uh, mm-hmm. says right. or does. I th- I saw three studies. All three of them said more than ninety percent of the coverage of President Trump in the media is negative. More than ninety percent. Right. So um, with that. You know, I I wonder how President Trump has been able to get accomplished everything he's been able to accomplish. (laughs) You you, you know, you have every single Democrat, virtually every single Democrat opposes anything he wants to do. You have the media where 90 percent of the coverage on him is negative. I look at the New York Times. I have trouble reading the paper because what are supposed to be factual stories end up being opinionated, opinions about how bad Trump is doing. And on top of that, he's got some members of his own party who are never Trumpers. So not one Democrat, or not one supports him. The media is all negative. Some of the Republicans are against him. And yet he's been able to, in my opinion, accomplish some incredible things. He turned the um, economy around from the Obama-Biden stagnation into a robust um, economy that brought the unemployment rate down to historic lows, and better yet, uh, the minority, he's, minorities, he was able to get their unemployment rate down to historic lows, and that's much different than the Democrats' approach. You know, since um, President Johnson put in his great society to get rid of poverty, uh, and here we are 50, 60 years later, and the poverty rate is the same as it was before, um president johnson did this but since president johnson the democrats have just been throwing money at people giving them free stuff you know we'll pay for your health care we'll pay for your housing we'll pay for your education we'll pay for your food um we'll pay for all these things for you and they think they're helping people by that it ends up locking these people in for a lifetime in some cases generations of poverty and i'll tell you something in my view These people don't want this free stuff. They take it Mm -hmm. because they don't have any other choice, but they don't want it. What people really want is exactly what President Trump gave them, the opportunity to earn enough income so you can buy all these things for yourself and not have to depend on handouts from the federal government. And he did that in his first three years in in, in office. Um, As I say, the unemployment rate was extremely low for every group, That meant people were working, wages were going up, fastest rate in decades, incomes are going up. People are now earning enough income they can pay for these things themselves, and you don't have to rely on the government. That's what President Trump is trying to push. He's been able to accomplish some remarkable things with all those uh, people um, against them.
1: Definitely. 7th three, two, five, three, nine. Do you have a a, a question for Michael?
0: I think so. This is Vicki. Uh, hello. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, nice to meet you. Um, yeah. I'm going back because you, you've you gone forward through the stock market and whatever, and I'm not too uh, hep on that. But anyway, uh, the vaccine, yeah. going back to the vaccine, Dr. Fossey and all these shots. Um, now I'm, uh, of the age where I'm more susceptible to getting getting killed, let's say, dying from <laughs> a, a flu or anything else. Um, i I have that. never taken the I have never taken the flu shot. I've never taken the pneumonia shot, and I'll never take the vaccine. I don't care how much anybody says anything about it, because I don't trust it, and I don't trust Dr. Fauci. And basically, that's what I'm <laughs> one thing I'm saying. <laughs>
2: Okay, I I find it interesting, so you've you've never had a a flu shot, and you've never, like, taken a pneumonia vaccine or anything? No. Okay, Um, and and you haven't caught, have you ever had the flu?
0: Maybe I've had the flu a little bit, but not a flu that's, you know, not vaccine. Not for
2: quite a while.
0: Well,
2: um, again, I'm not a medical professional, but I... Yeah. I'm not a medical professional, but I would say you have a very strong immune system. And for people that have very strong immune systems, their immune system can fight off um, these viruses without having to get a, um, get a flu shot. Um, so uh, a vaccine will be out. You'll have to make a decision whether you want to take it or not. If you think your immune system is Strong enough that that you can handle this, then um, you know, don't get the vaccine, and I uh, hope everything goes extremely well for you.
0: Definitely. Thank you. Yeah, there was uh, Vicky, I to ask. Yeah, you. yeah,
1: yeah. Go ahead. Go,
0: go ahead. Yeah, I just lost the question in my head. <laughs> I'll get it in a minute, but you can continue uh, talking.
1: Well, Vicky, I'll Vicky, stay on. Vicky, Vicky is so, uh, somewhat uh, a great number of our listeners. They, they, they feel that way, Dr. Butler. Uh, they they feel mm-hmm. that they, they, in regards to the vaccine uh, that there's going to be uh, a definitely a defin- definitely a pushback. Uh, what the, uh, the the actual state governments? Because I think it's going to come down. The push of the vaccine is going to come down to the state level and the local level.
2: Do you agree? Uh, probably will. They'll make the vaccine available. I think the governors and maybe even the mayors of uh, cities will give an uh, opinion. Um, I I don't know. I I don't think there's any real downside to taking the uh, vaccine. I understand that some people uh, don't trust the way the the system works and I respect that, Uh, but there really is not much of a downside. So um, it's hard for me to imagine that any government official would advocate not taking the vaccine, but stranger things have happened. So uh, I well, guess that's the possibility.
1: I think Americans will like to have a choice if they want to take HDQ or they want to get vaccine. I, I wouldn't have a problem taking HDQ, okay. the hydrochloric, uh, but yeah. to, to be basically getting mandated that you have to, you know, you, we cannot get back to normal. As Bill Gates, the healthcare expert, now uh, saying, we cannot get back to normal unless seven billion people in the world take vaccine. Um, you, you start, you start feeling like, yeah. Wait, wait, wait a minute. You know, and then, and then you have the CDC and the WHO. The WHO comes out one moment and says we're good for masks. You know, face masks is good, and then no, they're not good. You know, this constant, you know. I may think that it's incompetent, but at times I, I'm thinking something is fishy, here. you know, because they lose credibility. And, and I had a doctor, a uh, head doctor, chief medical doctor at, uh, at a major Nashville, Tennessee hospital, and he basically went ahead and said, yes, they lose credibility that way because constantly going back and forth saying one moment this, no, another moment that, uh, People start to lose confidence in, in what they're saying. But anyway, uh, let's t- touch on uh, and continue with the uh, Donald, uh, President Trump. Uh, now, do you see this election coming down to what has occurred in the last couple of months or what he has done in the past couple of years?
2: Well, I think it's both. Certainly um, what happens in the last few months will be the the freshest on people's mind and will probably um, have more of of an impact. However, we'll be in the midst of a recovery. So what President Trump will say is, look, when I got into uh, office, the economy had gone through an eight year, really almost a 10 year stagnation period. I turned things uh, around. In 2009, we got out of a recession. The Obama-Biden recovery was the worst recovery in history. Instead of the economy coming bouncing back, it took four years to get back, until 2013 to get back to where it was before. And then 14, 15, and 16, we didn't have a whole lot of economic growth. And many of the new jobs that Obama created, and he tells all he, that he did, Many of those were part-time jobs, mostly because uh, when he passed the Affordable Care Act, it said mm-hmm. that any employer uh, that has over 100 workers eventually um, had to provide health insurance for all full-time workers. And the Affordable Care Act defined a full-time worker as anybody who worked more than 30 hours a week. So what companies did was uh, instead of hiring uh, people to work 40 hours a week, say three people to work 40 hours. They hired four people to work 30 hours or five people to work 25 hours. So they got more jobs, but they were part-time jobs. um, And as a result of that, the economy continued to stagnate. So president Trump will run on who's better to fix this economy, what Obama and Biden did or what, what I did. Um, Secondly, I would say, I know how bad things look today for President Trump. The latest polls show he's down 10, 12. In one case, I saw 14% in the in, in the polls. Um, I think by election time, uh, Joe Biden's going to have to come out and start speaking in, in public. He's going to have to debate President Trump. And when you look at the, the issues, uh, President Trump, I think, comes out way ahead. And comes mm-hmm. September, October, I expect the economy to be running on all four, all cylinders. You're going to see numbers with high economic growth, numbers with low rates of uh, unemployment, and uh, I think that's going to be enough to carry them into, the, uh, into victory in November. So we'll have to wait and see. I know that's not the popular view right now, but um, I think that's what uh, – That's what I think we'll we'll end up seeing. So I'm very confident that even though things look bad today, I'm very confident that uh, things are going to look well uh, by election time for President Trump.
1: Definitely. Definitely. But I I think also we have to remember that president um, uh, candidate Trump was down in the polls against Hillary Clinton for quite a while during the 2016 elections and polls, are very deceiving especially when it comes to who's who's actually doing the polling uh you know if you poll individuals of a certain party you know of course so i don't really put too much emphasis on the polling i think i think we, we 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 definitely need like you said uh, Biden has to come out of the basement, you know, even though Tim Kaine, the governor, the former I mean, the senator from Virginia said, hey, we need to keep him in the basement. They're afraid to have him bring him out. Would you agree?
2: I do. And every time he comes out and says something, he ends up making a mistake. Today, he, he said something. He came out and he said, look, this virus is so bad. He said 120 million P- Americans have been killed. Uh, And of course, that was a gap. It's only uh, 120,000 Americans. He did collect himself, but he does make um, a bunch of mistakes like that. And once he gets on the debate stage, I think with president Trump, I think that's where it's really going to show the difference between the two uh, candidates. Um, So I'm still very optimistic about what president uh, Trump will do. and, Um, As bad as things look now, and you brought up a very good point, that the polls last time were way off, and I think there's a reason for that. Right now, people are afraid to say, people who support President Trump are afraid to say so, because the the mood in the the public and the way the the media has been um, portraying this, Trump has botched everything, the economy is awful, the virus response was botched, President Trump's a terrible person. So people are afraid to say that they don't agree with that, and uh, they think President Trump is not a bad person. Well, once you get in the voting booth, you you can do what you want and not have to worry about anybody uh, hearing you. And I think that's what happened with uh, last time in the election. People are afraid to say they were for for President Trump because, you know, the the public seemed to be so against that. But when they got in the voting booth, they could do what they wanted to do and – They ended up voting for him and carried him to um, a victory. I expect the same kind of thing now, although I think the poll numbers are going to, as the economy improves, as more people go go back to work um, and as more uh, stores and shops and things reopen and people can go back to try to live as close to a normal life as possible, I think Trump's approval rating will start to go up and his support will start to go up. Remember, Joe Biden is not really offering uh, any policies that will really improve the economy. He just wants to give free stuff to everybody. We'll cover everybody mm-hmm. with health care. We'll pay for your education. Uh, we'll all give right. you paid leave. Uh, we'll pay for all these things uh, for you. Um, now, that kind of thing, um, I hope, <laughs> doesn't win an election because the, 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 when people say, well, I don't have to worry about it, the government's going to pay for it, you know, the reality is the government doesn't have any money. All they have is what they take from taxpayers. So when you ask right. the government's going to do this, the government's going to do that. People like you and I, who earn income and pay taxes, right. we're the ones going to have to pay for these things. So I think as as some of that starts to come out, I'm still very optimistic about President Trump's chances in November. No, I I totally agree, well, uh,
1: I uh, Michael. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh huh.
0: Yeah, I, I just I just had a question. Uh, God, I hope I didn't lose it already. <laughs> it was about Biden and the debates. I understand that um, they're trying to keep him from debating with Trump. That was one thing. And the yeah. other thing is just going back to the, the vaccine. If the by the time the vaccine comes out, will the virus be gone? The The covid? That's all.
2: Okay, so I certainly hope it is gone. I have a feeling it won't be gone. Uh, It'll be checked, so the number of of new cases will be relatively low. But um, in September, October, as the weather gets colder, you get back into the flu season. So if the vaccine is ready sometime in the late fall, I think uh, many people will take it before the flu season uh, kicks up again. Um, and I think that will be uh, a positive thing for, for everybody. With regard to Biden and the debate, if I was his advisers, um, I would try to get out of every debate. Now, President Trump's trying to add debates um, because the campaigning is what it is because of the virus. He said, look, let's just have some more uh, debate so people can really see the contrast, one versus um, another. Joe Biden will get clobbered in these debates. He won't be able to stand up to President Trump. or end up making a whole lot of mistakes and some of these gaffes. So if I was an advisor to, president, to uh, Joe Biden, I would try to get out of all the debates also because they're simply going to make him look terrible. Right.
0: You,
2: right. Can't, you can't do that, can you? Uh, I don't know. No president has done it. Really? I don't think so. I mean, since uh, Kennedy and Nixon started debating in uh, 1960, every presidential candidate and president has debated. So it's hard for me to see how he gets out of it, although he may come up with some reason because of the virus. He shouldn't get close. to. I, mean, I don't know. They may try to come up with something, but it's hard to see uh, how they get out of at least two or three, at least three debates.
1: One one thing that I, I, I would, thank you, Vicki, I would need to add to what you just said, which was excellent again, um, that a lot of the individuals that were basically hurt by the riots and the looting, those individuals, those small business owners, that's going to be another block of individuals that will be voting for the president.
2: Absolutely. I mean, yeah. not only has he um, reduced regulations, so it makes it much easier for them to do business. Uh, he insisted on these loans as part of this stimulus package, and he insisted that these loans will turn into grants if they do certain, certain things. So he is really a champion of business and small business in particular. Uh, so I would agree with you completely that small business People will be uh, strongly behind the president, and that too should help propel him to victory. Definitely, Uh,
1: I wanted to touch on uh, the economic aspect internationally. Uh, The situation with China, uh, the uh, the Chinese uh, government—they basically have have expanded. They're they're trying to become a very global global force economically. They import money into Africa, South America. Uh, they're buying into the U.S. Uh, where do you see China as an economic powerhouse? I've been to China, uh, and and I follow Chinese economy. And when I was in China in 2007, uh, a lot of the folks that I spoke to, and, and some of them were in the economic aspect of on the private sector. A lot of the uh, economy is
2: inflated. It's 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 not real. Yeah. Yeah. What so you, you... the Chinese. Yeah. So the Chinese economy is the second largest in the world. U.S. GDP will be about 20, 21 trillion this this year. I'm not sure what the virus how it's going to come out. Somewhere in that range, uh, China's around 12 trillion, and they're the the second largest. They've been able to grow so much in the last three or four decades, mostly because of the trade imbalance with the U.S. Um, now, President Trump, when he got into office, he noted that. China doesn't really play on an equal footing with the U.S. What do I mean by that? Um, If an automobile is made in China and imported into the U.S., we charge them a 2.5% tariff. If we make an uh, automobile in the U.S. and sell it in China, they charge us a 25% tariff. Corvettes, they charge it. I don't know why Corvettes, but Corvettes, they charge a 50% tariff. So the result of that. Was our products were very expensive for them, so they weren't buying money, any. So none of them, not much of their money flowed into our country. In the meantime, their products were very inexpensive, so we bought a lot of them and our money flowed out of the country. So Trump said, I want to fix that, and he's in the process of fixing it. The other thing was that Chinese labor is very productive and extremely inexpensive. Here, the average manufacturing worker earns about $25, $30 an hour. Um, in China, they earn about a dollar an hour. So companies started to go over to China and produce a lot of products, um, including uh, medicines, which is somewhat of a problem today. Um, and we ended up with this huge negative balance of trade where China was uh, taking so much of our money and we weren't taking very much of theirs. And all the money we gave them enabled them to uh, to grow. Well, President Trump is fixing that. He's fixing the trade deals. And shortly, they're going to start encouraging American companies who haven't already done so to pull out of China and bring manufacturing back to the U.S. They'll be able to do that because... Uh, They can't compete with China in a labor intensive operation because China's labor is just so much cheaper. However, they can compete. They replace labor with capital. In other words, instead of having manufacturing facilities with a whole lot of people, you'll have manufacturing facilities with robots and artificial intelligence and only a few uh, people operating. Then that'll keep the manufacturing costs down and allow us to compete with china and allow manufacturing to come back here that's going to hurt the chinese uh economy right. the rapid growth they've had in the past i think is going to start to slow down and they have a problem because they built their economy using a lot of debt now using yeah. debt is okay as long as your income goes up and you can pay for it but once right. your income starts going down it's what happened to Hertz Corporation. Once your income starts to go down, you have a whole lot of debt. The debt goes into default, and you run into trouble. Look at—I was—I just mentioned Hertz. Hertz, uh, their whole car fleet was primarily financed through through debt. Well, again, yep. that's okay as long as they're generating income. But then, what happened when their income stopped? People weren't flying anymore. weren't renting cars. Their income stopped. They couldn't cover their debt, and they had to go into bankruptcy. That's the kind of situation China could be facing in the not-too-distant future. You're
1: right, and then a lot of companies are are leaving. Japan, a lot of companies from Japan, the government of Japan is giving 2 billion yen to to companies so they can leave. So they're they're starting to have an exodus. Do you have a website uh, or or where we can get in touch? Yes.
2: So if you'd like to read my columns, you can follow me on Twitter, and that's at mbusler, that's at m-b-u-s-l-e-r. And if you have a Facebook page, search Funding Democracy, Funding Democracy. Okay. My page pops up there. Every one of my columns is there. You can read what I have to say.
1: Fantastic. Thank you again, Dr. Busler. Uh, it's been exciting and enjoyable and very informative, and uh, welcome. Anytime you want to come back, you're, you're welcome.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me. I look forward to doing this again. All right. Great.
1: Thank Thank you you again. That was Dr. Michael Bussler, PhD, policy, public policy analyst expert. Uh, Next week, we should have another exciting guest, another exciting night, Uh, very informative, and I think we we, will have more education that we all need in regards to the economy and in regards to what's happening to our country. But I think uh, on, on a positive side, I want to end it tonight. I, I think the economy is moving forward. As much as all the negativity that we hear on a constant basis, we should be happy. So God bless America, and I will see you next week on the Cisco and Foul Zone Hour broadcast and podcast. All right. God bless America. Have a good one.
0: I'm with you. Be safe. All right. Be
1: safe. Bye.